This dope podcast is about the sober lifestyle, style, style. style. I promise style. motivation, style. inspiration, and transformation. The sober is dope podcast is about the sober lifestyle, style, style. I was able to transform my mind and body and spirit. We won't steer you wrong. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. And today's episode, I want to talk about a term called comorbid alcoholism. And this is to piggyback off of our last episode in which we talked about seasonal affective disorder and psychiatric disorders in relationship to addiction. And this is very important. Um, As a recovering alcoholic, one of the things that I found profound in my recovery was addressing the mental health components and um, expanding my treatment beyond 12 steps and beyond um, traditional treatments into, excuse me, more elaborate treatments to address all aspects of my addiction and all aspects of my recovery. And when we talk about comorbid alcoholism, it's really a fascinating term because you really hear someone say, hi, I am, um, my name is Pop, seven years sober. I'm a proud comorbid alcoholic. You really hear that. So this episode is to bring awareness that alcoholism is a way more complex than tradition has it, right? Because we don't hear these type of terms. So everyone in the Sober's Dope community, I want to expose you to, um, you know, more of the mental health aspects of addiction so we can have a more well-rounded understanding. I'm going to get right into it. Um, This information is coming directly from the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism. Um, It's very, very um, important information. Um, So let's get into it. Quick overview. People with alcohol use disorders often have co-occurring psychiatric disorders, but they frequently do not receive specialized substance abuse treatment that addresses both conditions. Although pharmacological and psychosocial treatments for alcohol use disorders and psychiatric disorders can be integrated to help these patients, relatively few clinical studies have tested these type of treatments. As mental health and substance abuse facilities expand, their services for patients with dual disorders, further research is needed to guide the treatment of this patient population. Alcohol abuse and dependence frequently occur with other psychiatric conditions. This dual diagnosis is called comorbidity. Professionals working with comorbid patients face unique and challenging dilemmas about how to provide the best treatment to address both conditions. Despite growing interest in these programs, these problems, relatively few clinical studies have tested treatments for this patient population. This review examines the prevalence of alcohol abuse and dependence with other psychiatric disorders 
and the patterns of treatment among comorbid patients. It also describes how treatment approaches can be integrated for patients with these comorbid disorders and offers suggestions for future direction in treatment research. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that there you have it. Um, Comorbid alcoholism is a dual diagnosis with a mental health disorder. So let's break that down in real simple terms. Most of us suffer from depressive symptoms, which we use alcohol to self-medicate with. Most of us suffer from extreme anxiety and stress symptoms in which we use alcohol or drugs to self-medicate with. Most of us suffer from major depressive disorders in which we use alcohol and drugs to self-medicate with. We also know that alcohol is a depressant. So the problem is, if you only address the alcoholism and not the mental health disorder, then you're going to have incomplete treatment and you're going to be more prone to relapse. All right. And you're going to be more prone to psychological breakdown. So this episode is to bring awareness to the comorbidity of addiction. All right. The dual diagnosis, the co-occurring um, disease or co- the co-occurring um disorders that may be accompanied through our addiction and this also goes hand in hand with drug addicts um and prescription drugs and hardcore drugs it's all about self-medicating so if you're taking a prescription drug that you were you weren't prescribed you're most likely trying to deal with something that's going on with you mentally all right and neurologically so if you take in like xanax for example without being prescribed it means you're dealing with stress and anxiety if you're taking opioids to for pain management and you're not you weren't prescribed it you're trying to numb something so self-medication is what really leads to addiction being extremely crazy and an addict winds up holding the bag and you could go to a place that's not really equipped to handle treatment for both dual diagnoses so you may be going in for alcohol but you really may have a really big mental health issue and at the end of the day if that's not successfully treated you're gonna have an ongoing problem and this is why I'm covering this because being a host of the Sober's Dope podcast and a former alcohol, you know, and um, recovering from alcoholism and mental health, I know there's a problem with people chronically relapsing and people not really understanding why, you know, they're relapsing and then they beat themselves up and this leads to that vicious cycle where you tend to use more drugs or alcohol because you're just not getting the appropriate answers. So today, um, this series that we're covering from our last episode to now was all to bring us back to the basics and to kind of open up the conversation, okay? Now, it's not just enough to say I'm a, a proud alcoholic. We may have to start throwing around the term, I'm a proud comorbid alcoholic, right, ladies and gentlemen, because I have mental health issues in addition to my alcoholism, and I'm taking, I'm dealing with treatment for both. Okay, so in our last episode, we covered a lot of treatment options, but in this episode, I just want to elaborate a little bit more, and I'm not going to go too much deep into the science because it gets really recondite and complex, but you guys are really smart, so let's just see how far we could get to give us a really be- a better understanding. Rates of psychiatric disorders in patients with alcohol use disorders. 
The two main U.S. studies that have addressed the epidemiology and comorbidity are the National Comorbidity Survey, the NCS, and the Epidemiologic Catchment Area Study. The NCS was Nationally Represented Household Survey of People Ages 15 to 54 conducted in 1990 and 1991. Diagnoses were based on the results of diagnostic interviews. The ECA study reflected data from the U.S. general population as well as the institutionalized population using data from the National Institute of Mental Health Epidemiologic Catchment Area Program. A total of 20,291 people ages 18 and older were interviewed between 1980 and 1984. Alcohol abuse is an alcohol use disorder characterized by continued drinking despite negative consequences and the inability to fulfill responsibilities. Alcohol dependence, also known as alcoholism, is characterized by a craving for alcohol, possible physical dependence on alcohol, and inability to control one's drinking on any given occasion, and an increased tolerance to alcohol's effects. American Psychiatric Association, 1994. The table below. So they, now they're going to go into different statistics and graphs and stuff. But here they're talking about alcohol dependence and um, alcohol abuse. And we know they're very close and they're one and the same, right? So alcohol abuse in the NCS, 2.5% of the respondents were classified as having abused alcohol, but not having been alcohol dependent during 12 months period before the survey. In the ECA study, 3.5% of respondents were diagnosed as having alcohol abuse at some point in their lifetime. All right. Among respondents, the NCS who had abused alcohol, 12.3% characterized by shifts in mood between depression and manic episodes during the previous year. Of those with comorbid mood disorders, meaning that they had these disorders in, in, um, alongside their addiction of alcohol 11.3 percent have major depressive disorders and 0.3 percent have bipolar disorder for each category of comorbid disorders the prevalences of only a few specific disorders are reported therefore the prevalence rates of the specific disorders example given major depressive disorder bipolar disorder do not total the rate for the general type of mood disorders post-traumatic stress disorder PTSD was the most frequently occurring anxiety disorder um, compared with generalized anxiety disorder and panic disorder affecting 5.6% of respondents diagnosed as alcohol abusers. So here, ladies and gentlemen, they're breaking it down simply like you have anxiety disorders, major depressive disorders, bipolar disorders, post-traumatic stress disorders, um, mood disorders, stress disorders, and panic disorders, or being comorbid alongside the alcoholic. All right, so this is what they call the dual diagnoses. And this is what we're talking about. Some of us is dealing with PTSD. We did a study of African Americans in inner cities having higher rates of PTSD that's similar to soldiers who was actually in war. Right. So when you think about it like that, 
it be starts to make sense. So if you see that addiction rates are higher in some groups than others, if it's higher from different classes, if it's higher from different social situations, and it, it starts to make sense, PTSD is real. We see that in veterans. We see that in Native American populations where, you know, they have a lot of trauma and there's a lot of issues of alcoholism, but there's also a lot of PTSD and generational PTSD and anxiety. So we can see how this works, right? There's no real distinction between the mental health component and the addiction. But we tend to focus solely on addiction and separate the mental health issues. We tend to separate it with, and, and we can't. I don't think we no longer can. I think the conversation now needs to be inclusive and we need to focus on the comorbid aspects of the addict, the alcoholic and the drug addict. Right. The lifetime rates for comorbid schizophrenia were available only from ECA study. Also, 10% of the people diagnosed as alcohol abuses in that study also had diagnosed as schizophrenia. The odds of having schizophrenia were 1.9 times higher among people who abuse alcohol than among people who did not. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's clear. Alcohol dependence. For each of the psychiatric disorders... Examine prevalence rates were higher among people diagnosed as alcohol dependent than among alcohol abusers. Okay, in the NCS study, 7.2% of the survey respondents were diagnosed as alcohol dependent during the 12 months before the survey and the ECA study. So, listen, I'm not going to go too much into that. Basically, um, alcohol dependent respondents were 3.9 times more likely to have major depressive disorder during the previous year than those who were not alcohol dependent. So if, if you are al alcoholic and you are an alcoholic dependent person that tends to abuse alcohol, you're more likely to have had or have a major depressive disorder. Although bipolar disorder was diagnosed and only 1.9% of the people were alcohol dependent, the odds of having this disorder was 6.3 times greater among alcohol dependent people compared with others. So ladies and gentlemen, it's clear. I could keep going into the data, but we have to really, really, really now open up the conversation between the mental health component with alcoholism and drug addiction. Okay. We can no longer just... And now, so in yesterday's episode, I was talking about the allergy of alcohol. So that's where the trick is, right? That's where the trick is. So we know if you're allergic to alcohol, you're going to be... You're an alcoholic and you are really... It's really hard for you to stop drinking on your own without medical or spiritual intervention. Now, if you are a comorbid alcoholic and you use alcohol to self-medicate a mental health or pre-existing mental health condition that, 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 that may or may not have been diagnosed, then it's like a double-edged sword, right? And that's the sad part because now you're trying to use something to feel better and to self-medicate and, uh, you know, make life a little bit more manageable. But this thing is one, a depressant, and this thing is two, addictive. And three, you have an allergy to it, which is going to make you super addictive, dependent, and abuse it. Now, it's not really helping your mental health disorder. It's just creating a bigger problem. It's just compounding the mental health symptoms. You're 
gonna be more depressed. You're gonna have big anxiety. You're gonna have bigger, more PTSD. You're gonna have more stress, and it's just gonna lead to a real big problem. And if it's never properly treated, this is where people continue to self-medicate and use, hit rock bottom too many times, and eventually die due to overdose because the cycle is very vicious. This is why if you're struggling, I want you to know now, you're hearing it on the Sober is Dope podcast. You may be a comorbid addict with a with a possible addiction to your drug of choice and with a mental health problem, which could be anything from a mood disorder, anxiety disorder, stress disorder, or major depressive disorder, right? So now this gives us a little breath of fresh air. Now it helps us to understand ourselves a little bit more. And now treatment could seem a little bit more realistic because you know the type of questions to ask, you know the type of treatment to look for, and the type of answers to seek. So as we wrap this up i just want to go into some treatment options and we're going to end the episode there because i want you guys to just really meditate on this and you know use this as a springboard for improving our recovery and hopefully finding a permanent solution to our treatment all right although there had treatment now we're talking about treatment ladies and gentlemen although there has been an explosion of research on strategies for treating alcohol related disorders most of this research research has focused on treatment for patients with a single diagnosis of alcohol abuse or dependence and not on patients with a dual diagnosis so this is what i'm talking about with um you know the traditional rehab system and model the the traditional 12-step system and model now listen ladies and gentlemen there's no replacement for 12 steps. I believe in it. I'm a guy. I'm, I'm a child of the 12-step program. I'm a child of AA. AA was very instrumental in my recovery, but I didn't get here just solely on 12 steps and AA. I actually had to sit with my psychiatrist. I actually had to take medication. I actually had to pray and meditate a lot, change my diet, change my lifestyle, and do a whole host of other things to improve my chances of success. And that's the point I'm trying to make. Traditional treatment options are not solely the solution. We have to look at a more well-rounded, expanded treatment um, landscape in order for us to have more success in our recovery, okay? So, as a result of the recent widespread recognition of the need for more effective treatments, however, more specialized treatment for comorbid patients is becoming available. Mental health and substance abuse facilities are expanding services for patients with dual disorders, integrating psychiatric and substance abuse treatments, and seeking broader education and training for the professional who staff these facilities. A greater educational training for the professionals who staff these facilities and understand of the psychological and neurobiological mechanisms at work in psychiatric and substance abuse disorders. This has shaped research in this area. Although they still represent a small fraction of research, several studies conducted during the past five to ten years have investigated the use of integrated treatment for comorbid alcoholic patients. Integrated treatments, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. Integration. 
12 step mixed with a psychological component treatment mixed with um, a nutritional plan mixed with a sleep plan mixed with the right pharmacological or medication mixed with prayer and um, some um, spiritual component, meditation and prayer um, with, in, combi- in combination with exercise and other therapies like um, co- um, cognitive behavioral therapies, cognitive thought reframing therapies, um, treatment for PTSD, things like that. All right. So we have to integrate our treatment now. Okay, so sometimes when someone said, I hear people say this a lot, I, I, oh, I, I, I go to AA and it doesn't help. I go to AA and it doesn't help. I went to 12 steps and it didn't help. I went to rehab and it didn't help. It's because you, one, was probably given a single diagnosis instead of a dual diagnosis. The other thing is you're most likely a comorbid addict, meaning that you have a mental health component to your addiction that has been undiagnosed and you are giving a single treatment plan and instead of an integrated one, right? There's the problem. So you're not doing the right work, which is not your fault. It's the conversation. It's the industry. It's when you go into these facilities, they have to ask these questions immediately. You should automatically be in a facility that gives you a psychosocial, that looks at your psychological and mental health, takes the blood work, look at your history, and then formulate an integrated treatment plan to match each individual person. And in my case, I was lucky enough to go into a really good um, program, which did just that. And I'm here today and I don't really have any issues no more. I made amends with my family. I I, I found peace with the loss of my father, which was one of the drivers of my depression through bereavement and loss. Right. And um, I no longer urge. I, I no longer have an urge to drink or need alcohol to drink or to feel better. You know, I could go through life every day and fight my problems. And, you know, I have other issues, but the last thing on my mind is alcohol. That never comes up as a possibility for self-medication or outlet, right? Because I'm healed. I'm beyond that. And that's why I'm doing the Sober Dope podcast, because I want other people to experience the same success rate that I've experienced. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to stop there. When we look at the comorbid addict, the person that has a dual diagnosis or multi-diagnosis, meaning that you're dealing with your addiction and other things alongside it, such as depression, PTSD, anxiety, stress, and all other host of mental health issues. We have to have an integrated treatment plan to help us in all areas, and this could increase our chances of success. So now, we may change the narrative instead of saying, hey, I'm Pop Buchanan, I'm seven years sober and I'm a proud alcoholic. The new narrative should sound more like, hi, I'm Pop Buchanan, I'm seven years sober and I'm a proud, recovered, comorbid alcoholic. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. I love you all. I'll catch you on the other side.